the Masonic Podcast, where we discuss Masonic-related uh, topics while drinking in old fashion. I'm Ryan. I'm Russ. So, Russ, uh, the holiday season's approaching. Uh, what are uh, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? You know, um, my sister and her husband are coming here and, and uh, spending time with Kelly and I. So, who, who, who's Kelly? Uh, Kelly is my lady friend. Lady friends. So, guys that are married for a long time, we call them our wives. A lady friend. Uh, we'll just uh, we'll just go with that. Uh, so, I've met Kelly. It's Kelly. the new one. It's, Kelly is awesome. So uh, she she's a she's a real treat. We've uh, we've had an opportunity to meet, and she she blends it. Not, not that you need our affirmation for sure, but uh, uh, Kelly's pretty good. So uh, Russ, tell us uh, tell the, uh, our listeners our our, our, uh, our group who we have on today. All right, I'm looking forward to this. Love to hear from this uh, past masters. Today we have with us worshipful Mike Ward. So I will tell you, there's a little bit of hesitation in our conversation. So uh, as we're filming today, we have, we've done a scotch tasting event over at Russ's place. So uh, we're we're, uh, we're, we're, fo- we're focused. We're 10 scotches in. That's not true. We're, we're focused, but uh, I think Michael will be a real treat. We'll go with that. Testers, testers. So, testers. Uh, uh, Mike and I have known each other since we joined Masonry. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things that will come up, uh, a lot of inside jokes, uh, most of which we won't be able to uh, talk about. So uh, in uh, to, to focus on the, the uh, title of our of our podcast, an old-fashioned Masonic podcast, let's go grab a let's, let's go grab an old-fashioned. All right, so we're back. I'd like to uh, welcome... Uh, Mike to the podcast. So, well, Mike, Mike. yeah, yeah. So, Mike, uh, part of this podcast is we'd like to get to know more of the man and not just the Mason. So, uh, who's Mike Ward? Mike Ward. Oh my gosh, husband, uh, twenty-seven years. Uh, manager, as well as comic book geek for many, many years. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. Yeah, uh, but. Kind of got away from that part of it. Now I just like small collectibles at this point. All right. Okay. So, so, so let's talk about the collectibles. What do you collect? Uh, now would be miniature statues of uh, uh, of comic book characters. Still comic book theme, but but not the comic books. So are they dolls? Are they? They are. Figures? They are actually statues. They're statues. Yeah. So they don't have like movable joints no, or anything. No, these like are that. things I play with. Fair, fair, fair. Fair enough. So, Mike, would you walk us through your Masonic journey um, from start to finish, sort of where you started, where you're at, and what's going on today in your Masonic? Including including becoming a Mason or what? Sure. You tell us what you want us to know. So so growing up, I can remember seeing my father's ring. He would never talk about it, would never mention anything to me about it, just you'll know someday. Uh, and then stepdad asked me a couple of times if I'd been interested and I really wasn't at the time, but I had some coworkers that kept talking to me and talking to me. And finally I went to a luncheon. The shrine would do luncheons at Scotch and Sirloin once in a while. And I went to it and it's like, okay, this is kind of intriguing. So I decided to join. Um, so got in 
And at that point, you know, I was one of those that if I'm going to join something, I'm going to join and jump in with both feet. So I did that, got in, met Brian. Uh, we went through our second and third degree together, went through the Sky Shrine together, went through the Shrine together. Uh, we've gone through the chairs together at, at Pike. Uh, I followed him as uh, coming up the line until he was master, master in 2016. Uh, became a member of the Devan in 2015. Uh, was in, stayed on in 2016, 17, 18, and 19 as ceremonial director. Uh, let's see, I think that's four years, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yes, four years. Uh, and then since then, just uh, a lot of just for units and clubs in the shrine uh, leading those. So. Now, a lot of stuff going on if you're trying to keep track. You, you can't write that all down. But my question. Are, are you doing something? Are you an assistant? Are you a class director? Talk to me about the Scottish Rite. Did you have something recently come up with the Scottish Rite? What are you doing there? We, we did have the, the Scottish Rite reunion, which is for the new guys coming into the Scottish Rite. I am the class director. Uh, my badge still says assistant class director, but I am the official class director now uh, through, through the years. Uh, you know, it was one of those things that one of my mentors in great great brothers and great friends brought me into and talked me into helping with and I've kind of stuck with it ever since. Perfect. So we, uh, as you alluded to earlier, we had the opportunity to be on the pipeline together. We kind of chased each other up the chairs. Uh, we, we have a pretty similar thought process, but as much as we're similar, talk to uh, maybe the group of how we manage Lodge differently, like our managerial styles. Brian, Brian was very... I don't want to say I wasn't organized, but Brian was already set in stone. This is the way it's going to be. This is what we're going to do. Me, I, I had so much going on at the time that I wasn't as quite as concise, but I had ideas of what I wanted to do uh, moving forward. You know, we had different programs. I wasn't afraid to make the tough decision as far as canceling something if it needed to be canceled and start something new and try something new. I was very charitable, uh, organized, you know, in what I wanted to do with with our lodge. I just thought it was something that was always missing from the Blue Lodge, at least our Blue Lodge at the time. So I, I went a charitable route. Very, very good. So Mike, who put you on the line of bike? Uh, let's see. Mike Wilson, uh, past master, put me on as the uh, Tyler at the time and then moved up very quick from there. So I want to kind of go back. So uh, our styles were definitely different chasing through. So Mike kind of alluded to uh, some charitable things. You know, as as masters of lodges, you all try to hang on to something that is, is, is kind of your, the thing that, that kind of sets you apart from everything else. So if, if I were to, to define what, what Mike did that set him apart from the other masters, uh, from the charitable side, we're all, you know, faith, hope, and charity is is one of our mantras of masonry. But, but Mike, as far as since I've been a mason of Pike, Mike put the philanthropy out in the public and especially local more than anyone else did. You know, we all had kind of a different focus. You know, Russ is probably known for making a tough decision to move us from one location to another as a lodge, and maybe you know my thing would have been a known was the energy of the fun and kind of the different thing where Mike 
said, hey, now I've got I've got this part. I'm in a building that we can that we can pay the bills. Now I've got some energy. Now let's take it to the next step. So I, which which I thought was really cool. So so since uh, we came off the line, what master since us has impressed you? Maybe he was better than you thought, or maybe. Uh, uh, exceeded expectations. So since we came on, forget the ones before us because there's been some great ones. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to, they, they all have their, their strengths and weaknesses. Um, looking back, you know, I, I have to say John Gracie was the one that I knew would do well, uh, but really impressed me. His knowledge and his I mean, just his vocabulary, his wordsmithing, everything he can do is just above, a step above everybody you ever know. And, and his intelligence, granted, we give John a lot of crap because here's a guy that knows a lot about stuff that nobody cares about. Right. Um, he is one of those guys you'll never want to play against in Trivial Pursuit. Right. Um, but, you know, John really impressed me because he, he does have that way of really conveying a message that nobody would have thought of. Um, he's, he's just a very intelligent guy and just came forward with a lot of knowledge in, in the position and a lot of knowledge in masonry when he, when he was master. That's fair. So before we get to the next question, as part of, part of the good old-fashioned Masonic podcast, we all have an old-fashioned in front of us. Now, uh, because we have a group of folks here today, uh, we didn't make these, and there was a lot of... Um, confusion amongst the members as they were putting this together so bear with us as we are, are taking sips of these cocktails yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I have a level of concern I trust my brothers I, I would but you know it's fascinating that in today's society when everybody has a phone in their hand Fair. that all of a sudden they can't actually figure out how to make an old-fashioned so we're not quite sure what we have that, that is true and I will tell you that the, uh, the, the, the young brothers that put this together, they are younger than us. Yes. They, they, they don't have even fours in their, in their, maybe there's a four in their age. There might, there there might be one. a four. Yeah. But there's at least threes or a new four in there. So we're a slightly concerned. Cheers, brothers. So cheers. Uh, bear, bear with us as we uh, go through this before we go to the next question. The good old-fashioned Masonic podcast. It's, now it's actually, me, it's better than I expected. For me, I like a sweeter drink. That's pretty good. That's that's a, that's a good old fashioned. This, this is really sweet. So, do you need a switch? Do you, do you need a nipple? No, no, no. Okay, no, I'm I'm good. But what I need you to do yeah. is uh, stay 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 back on track. Stay focused. So, I, what I wanted to I want to inject something. To, a a uh, past master that has impressed me just recently is one of our youngest masters, Chris Paul. The youngest. Yeah. Um, just in the simple fact how he brought some new programs in, just some, just some life. You know, I think it's a, it's a continuation of what Mike did was bringing the, uh, our, our charities yeah. to, uh, the, 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 the public. Uh, Chris is probably, uh, he did something with a program that I think he donated $25,000 and I don't, to, yeah. to my knowledge, we've never done that before, but I, I think that that's, uh, Mike kind of. Mike perpetuated that, but he, he was a young up-and-comer, and, -comer and uh, I don't know who put him on the line, but that guy was genius. Yeah. Well, and we've definitely got some programs in place within through Grand Lodge that have really helped perpetuate 
the ability for the lodges to really get out in front of the charitable side and donate where they, you know, where we can. Yeah. So, Mike, if you were to be master again, what would you do differently? Oh, I'd definitely focus more on our lodge than I did because I had so much going on at the time. I would have definitely focused, I'd definitely focus more on our the lodge and meetings, keeping things more organized because I, I think I was a little scatterbrained in my year. Uh, I could definitely have done a lot more to organize each of the meetings and, and maybe even, you know, work to t towards raising more money for different different things that I wanted to see done that year too. Yeah. So uh, Mike and I had the, the opportunity to have the same mentor, uh, uh, past potentate, past master, a, a right worshipful, a Roger Snellen. And one thing that he told us right when we joined was, <laughs> and we didn't listen, was learn to say no. Yeah. And we were dumb-dumbs. We tried to come in and take over the world. It's, you want to be a leader here? Yes. You want to be a leader here? Yes. Do you want to do this? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And all of a sudden, as much as we think that we're efficient at being multitaskers, you become inefficient at some things. Um, Mike was doing dual jobs at, at the Blue Lodge and the Shrine with the band work. I was doing it as master and as membership. And there's just some inefficiencies. Yeah. And we got great advice that we failed to Essentially, we failed to take it. So, so kind of going back to the shrine. So you you were active in the shrine in the Blue Lodge. So which body of masonry between the two, shrine and Blue Lodge, which do you think it's easier to get people just to work? If you needed a project done now, where's it easier to get? What body? And I'd, why? I'd say it's easier at the shrine just because there's so much. There's such a larger pool of people to to pull from. There's a lot of different backgrounds. Uh, that you can draw from your lodges seem they're a little bit i don't want to say they're not cohesive they're cohesive but you don't have the, that pool of people to to pull from as much uh you know you you see the same 20 30 people at lodge you go to the shrine you may see the same 50 60 people there uh you just have a bigger a bigger background of people uh from different walks of life even more so than your lodge because your lodges tend to wind up being a lot of the same uh, mentalities, the same backgrounds, you know, because you're drawn from the same people that you know. So your lodges pull people in that are similar to you, whereas the shrine is pulling lodges from everywhere into one lot, in, into one area. Yeah. Uh, so you've got a bigger bigger range of backgrounds there. So I'm going to pose that question to you. Uh, I, I may have a different opinion. So shrine... Blue Lodge, if, if you needed a project done now, what do you think you get your guys to come out and work more for you? Uh, that, for me, that's a little, little hard because it depends on where you have the most influence. And so I, I, I believe I that, that as, as a uh, officer of Lodge, I think if you are in sync with the other officers, you yeah. actually get that. But in Shrine, you have a a larger group to pull from. Yeah. So it depends on really what that project is and what the passion is behind the brothers. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. It's fair. You know, when when we asked that question of Mike, my my answer would have been if you would asked me was it's, it's a no brainer, it's blue line, snap your fingers and guys are working. However, I was thinking that in the mentality when I was a master, you know, once you start to remove a few 
months, years, and whatnot, your influence changes a, a, a little bit. You know, the guys that saw you that may have been uh, raised as a master mason when you were the master, the influence has changed because, frankly, they're just not there as much. Good, bad, or indifferent, yeah. that's fair. But, uh, but you know, Mike, Mike played the numbers game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's probably fair. Yeah. So, so Mike, if you had a magic wand um, for masonry, what would it be? If you could wave it, uh, what would be different? Josh, to, to really bring in the, the quality members that we, we need. I mean, there's a lot of quality people out there. It's just it doesn't seem like today's society wants to join and belong to anything as much or conform to anything. And it's not as much about conformity. They just don't understand the brotherhood anymore and, and developing those friendships and, and the love that we have between each other. They, they're missing out on a lot. And it's sad because I'd love to be able to, you know, wave that wand and say, you know, and everybody start wanting to join again. Yeah. It, there's so much that masonry has to offer that is just is missed, especially on these, these newer generations. And I'll, I'll say some of that's uh, masonry's fault. I mean, that whole keeping it secret for so many generations, we missed generations uh, of potential masons that we could have had all along. And now we're trying to get it out there, but we've we've missed that mark. So you know, if we could really get people to draw in and see that there's a lot more to it than than just not a bunch of old guys sitting around the table anymore. Now you know it's there's the young members we have are quality. We just need we need more of it. So in the last 10, 15, 20 years almost, where have you seen um, true brothers come from? Where where has that been pulled from? Where where in our society, um, our brothers being pulled from that, that actually look for a brotherhood. The biggest part of it, to me, I mean, you look at the military. I mean, they, they understand that brotherhood, that camaraderie. Uh, if we could really get into, you know, the fraternal order of, of police, the the firemen, I mean, they, they all understand that brotherhood. But it's been a fireman at one time. The Sedgwick County Fire Department, for those who might be watching that aren't from Wichita, the Sedgwick County Fire Department, it was a requirement that you had to be a Mason to even be allowed to join the fire department. Yeah. So it's without, I mean, for those that are Masons, you get it. If you're not a Mason, you, and it's kind of like the military, as Mike spoke of. The guys that are in the military, depending on the branches, I mean, you've gone through the same thing. You all go through the base, same basic training, the same ritual, and so you get it. There's that common bond, and I think that's the real uh, that's the real secret uh, of, of Mason. We've all kind of been through the same things, and we just we just get it, yeah. right? If I could offer a toast to the past brothers that have served for this country and the ones that will cheers in the future. It's making this drink piece of sweet drinks. So... So let's take you back to your master. Your master of Albert Pike Lodge in 2016. What was your most challenging task? Oh, with everything, it, it's it's got to be the people. I mean, when you're dealing with, you know, one on one end, you're dealing with very type A personalities that have led, led a lodge. Also, so, is, is there a type A personality among us right here? All three of us. Ooh, I like it. See, see. <laughs> um, so for those who picked up on verbal cues and even physical cues, he was trying to throw, throw to throw shade on me. 
So we'll talk about shade. That'll be another episode later. Uh, Russ Shady Brown will be the episode. So continue. <laughs> but, but you know, dealing dealing with the people, that's always going to be your biggest uh, obstacle in a lot of a lot of tears. Because because everybody everybody has a different idea of how they want things done and what they'd like to see the lodge do. And you're one person trying to keep everything organized, keep it cohesive, and you're, you're going to piss people off. No matter how you look at it, you're going to have those people that you just, that aren't going to agree with you. You've got to manage that. You've got to move on. You can't let that dictate what you do because there, there's no way of getting everybody on the same page at the same time, yeah. no matter what you do. So I would say my biggest obstacle and the biggest thing was probably the people uh, the year of, year of, my, of being master. It's just... It is what it is. You know, you just you deal with it. You move on. You don't let it get to you. Uh, you just you, you please and do as much as you can for the mass than you can the few. Right. Fair, fair. So, um, of the past masters of Abu Pike, which one inspired you the most and why? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, because there were so many, but I. It, it really, the, the biggest one is going to have to go back to my mentor, the one that really took me under when I came in, because, you know, my top lines were, were not real active. Lodge uh, guys. Lodge guys. Um, so I, I came in, uh, Roger really took me in under his under his wing. And Roger Smallman, by the way, yes. he was past potentate of uh, Albert Pike in 2010. And, I'm sorry, past master yes. of Albert Pike in 2010, past potentate of Midian Shrine in 2000. Yes. Anyway, you know, I wish I'd have heeded a lot more of his advice. Uh, the the term no is a is, was a big one. I can literally remember sitting down with him at an event, the, the circus, and looking at him going, I should have listened to you. I'm burnt out. Um, I should have learned how to say no. But Roger was probably the one, one of them that really stands out to me because he, regardless of what people think, Roger was definitely a huge, huge Blue Lodge guy. Um, yeah. And really, really is what pulled me into the Blue Lodge more because, he, you know, he's the one that got us involved with the degree work. You know, he's like, get in, jump in, do it. I, I'm going to take you on the degree work. We were brand new Masons. Yes. I mean, we, I don't even think we've been a Mason. And there was degree work in Hutchinson, Kansas, and we had to do the third degree, which we're not going to give away any secrets, but that's your last degree. Hey, come out. You're going to do third degrees. And we were given uh, roles, parts, whatever it may be. And uh, I, we ride out together. Yeah. And we were studying on the way like, oh, my God, this is not going to be good. I can't believe you put us in this situation. And you know what? That's. That's what, that's maybe one of the things that was Roger's secret weapon. He saw some stuff that maybe we didn't see. And listen, we were not great at that third degree, but the person that went through knew, knew no difference. And we didn't get that at the time. And I think that was really a secret weapon that, that uh, Roger had. He was good at seeing stuff in us that we didn't see in ourselves Fair. and and brought it out of us more than anything. Is Honestly, I didn't like being in front of people at all. And and Roger was able to really bring that out. So as a past master, he did what he was supposed to do and help mentor and develop a lot of us younger guys. And there is something interesting that we talked about earlier, but we need to emphasize. So Roger was 
potentate first before he became a master of legend. Yes. We have several past masters of the Pike that were potentates and they came back to lodge. But what was interesting about Roger was as he was going through the line at Midian to become potentate, he was sitting in lodge and lodge was a part of his yes. everyday being. And most people, so here's the thing with, if you're a Mason, you get what I'm going to say if you're not. There are people that are known as lodge guys or shrine guys. And then there's the hybrids that they really don't know where to kind of place us. Right. I think there have been times where people have put us in the category of lodge guys or shrine guys. And then maybe, hopefully now, they just don't really know where to place us, which is which is the tr kind of the true thing. True. Um, one thing Roger said, and even uh, Doc Rinchner, which he was uh, potentate in, uh, I think, 2012. He, uh, I'm sorry, the master in 2012. He was potentate first. And they both said this, we wish that we would have been master of a lodge before we were potentate because we would have learned how to manage volunteers differently. And then I think that's the real key. You know, everyone can manage people. Like, listen, we all manage people in our life. But managing volunteers, if you can manage a volunteer, you can manage anybody because, frankly, a volunteer, they have their bags packed. They're ready to leave. The first thing you say wrong, they're packed up and they're out because they didn't really want to be there. They always have one foot in and one foot out. Oh, always. So Now, boys, my dad always said that a preacher that can't say anything within 20 minutes um, isn't really worth his salt. And so earlier he said 12 minutes, so we yeah. got a few more. I know he's we, trying to speed this we're, up. We blended this out, but we're yeah, at so we, 23 minutes. We, we've got so, we, we've got. Two more questions. So Fantastic. the first thing, so you've got an older brother yes. that's not in the fraternity. Right. Do you anticipate that ever happening? So we know Steve, great guy. Steve, if, if you're watching, come, come to us. Come to us. Um, we, he has shown a lot of interest. He understands the brotherhood. He was in a fraternity when he was in college. Uh, so he, he does get it. Uh, his schedule and the way his his life is right now, probably not because he commutes about five hours back and forth. Uh, he's here for a week, there and there for a week. So it, it's what tough. Is he, he is a veterinarian at the emergency vet hospital here in Wichita. Okay. So it, it's a little tough for him right now, uh, the back and forth. But he, he does show a lot of interest. Uh, Again, he does understand the, understand the brotherhood because of his fraternal background. Yes, he's a great guy. So the last thing, if you kind of look up here. So one has to go. We'd like to do this every episode. You're going to put four items up for everyone to see. One has to go, and we're in the holiday season. So, so Mike, you've got a nice big plate of turkey, moist turkey. You've got a big pumpkin pie. You've got a big casserole pan. Uh, stuffing, and you've got some beautifully sliced ham. If one has to go forever, one has to go forever, what is it and why? It's the pumpkin pie. The pumpkin why? Because there's too much pumpkin junk out there already. That, and, and you know, when you're diabetic, you know, the sugar and the pumpkin pie don't, don't really go hand in hand. It's interesting. That, that and I've never been a big pumpkin pie fan. Along so. with the sugar and the old fashioned spam. Yeah, yeah. So, us of those four, which has to go? Turkey. The turbo yeah. I, I, it just is bland. It, it, it just isn't. So I, I, I like them all. Yeah. But I'm gonna have to agree with Mike. So I don't like sweets. I don't like ice cream. I, I like yeah. old fashioned. Yeah, but you don't I, like dairy. 
Yeah, so there's there's a lot of reasons for that one that, that we can't discuss about. So there pumpkin pie has got to go for right. me, uh, but I can do the rest. So uh, that's all we have today. So uh, if there's a topic that you'd like to have discussed, please uh, let us know in the comments. If you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, let us know. We will uh, start to put these together. But uh, thank you for watching the good old-fashioned Masonic Podcast. Thanks, guys.